I've always felt different. I've always seen things, but when I tried to express them as a child, I was always told to ignore it. There were people that I didn't know that came to me and said, I have this message that I keep getting that I have to deliver to you. All of a sudden, out of the shadows, a homeless man just jumped right in front of me, and he said, I'm a soul just like you. I love it. I wanted to understand the universe and who and what we are and what are we doing here. We're all part of this amazing soul wave tapping into each other. This was a major life changer. You are a light. You have helped me a ton. Thank you. You've given me the courage to live more from my soul. Millions of people are awakening. So wake up with Michelle Miche. Be pleased to hear the best-selling authors and experts in the fields of cutting-edge self-help, personal growth, metaphysics, and spirituality. The Soul Path of Awakening. Understand what living awake is. Hey, Soul Lights. Um, hello, hello, everyone. Okay, the chat is wonky. It's just going round and round. Um, I don't know what's going on. Last week it was it was not opening. Um, I'm going to have the producer contact BTR. I don't anybody else that listens to other BTR. What's going on? Um, oh my God, you guys, we are in for an absolute treat. Uh, we have Robert Wilkinson back with us today. Yes, it's been far too long, far too long. So I am hoping, um, I think I see him, oh, calling in today, okay. Let's see, I'm getting messages, I'm multitasking everyone. Yes, 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 so we're going to get him on sooner than later. And uh, thank you all for being here. Um, it's amazing. If you happen to be new to this podcast, hi, I'm Michelle. Yep, good to connect with you. If you want to call in, the number is 347-539-5122. Press 1 on your keypad. 347-539-5122. Press 1 on your keypad if you have a question, a comment, you want a reading, you want to say hi. Um, If you want to get on air, please press 1 on your keypad. Uh, Like I said, the chat isn't working, so you're going to have to either listen by phone or by your computer. Um, Both options are open for you. Um, So you can call in via Skype, listen um, by phone or computer. And again, the number is 347-539-5122. Press 1 on the keypad. So I want to let everyone know also that um, there are a few more spots, sacred spots for the uh, Dimensional Soul Source Healing, uh, which is this Saturday um, at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, There will be a replay for this. This is just what it says, Dimensional Soul Source Healing, healing from source using quantum energies of sound, tone, frequency, uh, light, and vibration. I'm doing this with Grace O, who's a very gifted um, transmitter and uh, sound uh, and vibrational uh, healer. If this interests you, this is a perfect time to do this. We've got a Kazemi happening. We've got the Royal Stars going off, New Moon in Pisces, Sun in Pisces, um, energies all around this. We are in an activation time but also a releasing time. This is a very rare time where we are both releasing at the same time 
energies to allow the portal or void space, if you want to call it that, to open more, to receive. So this is both a letting go, moving away from, and a moving towards. It's happening simultaneously, you know, concurrently. Simultaneously, this is happening at the same time. So if you want to have an amazing, transformative, healing, uplifting experience, um, you can go on my flow page on Instagram, you know, click on the in the bio, uh, and there is a link. Um, you can also go to soulplayground.life, uh, courses and events, classes and events, courses and events. Click there, and there will be a link um, it's through union.com, so if you've done work, this type of inner work and journey work with me, um, you can go in. So these are specific processes that I got from the guides, the spiritual hierarchy that were done on me and still are. So if that's something that you would be interested in, we would love to have you there. Uh, we, had, we had such, I mean, great... I'm going to just say a couple things. I'm not going to get too long into it, but I'm very excited about this. Here's some of the things people were saying. The sound healed something deep within me. I feel my soul was pulled out of darkness. I feel so alive and connected to my spirit. I released a lot of pain and trauma I had for years. Thank you. I feel grounded yet expanded. I actually felt notes and vibrations within my body. So this is vibrational healing. So there's, there's a few modalities that we are using and, you know, working with the body, the denser physical body, uh, the, through, the, through that, get working on a cellular level, an energetic level, working through the subconscious and connecting into those soul source energies. So... Um, if you want to know more about things like this, you can always email me at info at soulplayground.life or always for anything, Awakenings or anything to do with me, awakeningspodcast at gmail.com as well. So I also hope you will connect with me on my YouTube channel, Soul Insights and Tarot, and also Awakenings Podcast. We are extending into the video cast which should be launching March, I think around the 21st. I should maybe ask Robert some good times to launch this. But we do have replays up there um, on YouTube from the archives and also some of the newer podcasts as well. Uh, One last thing. You want to do a deeper dive into spiritualism, spirituality, uh, as well as occult sciences, you can connect with me on Patreon. All right, gang, lots of ways to feel supported, to connect and have community, and, of course, always here. But please let me know what you need, what you want, what what supports you, and um, I will do my best to provide that or find people that can, right? All right, so um, let's just get to some callers because I want to get Robert on a bit earlier because I know we've... He has such a wealth of information and insight. And we haven't connected with him in a while, so I really want to um, hear what he has to say about what's going on, especially this portal that's opening. He may, the Royal Star, he may know more about this um, than I do for sure. Um, 
that he does and can be a little bit more descriptive. So let's get to the first caller. And hi, you're on air. Hi. Hi, hi. my name is Maria. I call from New York. How are you? I got a question. I lost my diamond ring in my husband. They gave me when I was engaged. And my husband and now I passed away. I know I, I got it lost inside the house. You see, maybe... And it, it, it's a ring, right? Right. Mm. I feel like you... Okay, put... I don't feel like it's... I think you put it somewhere not remembering. Do you, you, do you put stuff in between... Is it scarves? I feel like it's in a drawer. And the drawer with the scarf. Yeah. Yeah. I see the sofa, and I wanted to say maybe fell into the sofa, but I feel you were looking at it, going through things, and then put it back. So I want to say look in the in the bedroom is what I'm getting. Right there. Because Did you look there? I keep a look. I can't find it. You know, um, I get so nervous there. And now, especially my husband, I passed away. I can never can afford it to buy him again. You know, that's a sentimental. My husband, giving. Yeah, were you looking through things? Because I, were you looking through other jewelry and things? Because I feel like you were looking through certain things, certain items, and then placed it somewhere. So I don't feel it's lost. I definitely feel you're going to find it, but most likely you're going to find it when you're yep. rearranging stuff and then you're going to say there it is because it's in between two things uh, two yeah two pieces of cloth of some sort and because it's a luck the ring was to go inside it's a lucky two ring a ring goes inside the luck and they make it more big and it look beautiful you know oh but, you'll find it don't worry you'll find it but it's it's yeah, I feel like it's going to – I can just see it popping out. Uh, so I don't know what it is, scarves or gloves or some kind of fabric. Yeah, yeah, but I yeah. feel like you were going – yeah, yeah. All right, Maria, keep us posted, okay? Thank Let you. Let us Wait know how you're doing. Thank you, thank you. Big hug thank to you, all right? If I, if I, Yeah, check back again. I'll try to tune in more. Lost things, It's it's uh, which I'm usually good at finding, it does take a little bit more t- time because you have to kind of acclimate to the energy of the thing. But I'm telling you, I feel you're going to find it. I don't feel like it's gone from you is what I'm hearing. It's not gone from you, okay? Especially when my husband pushed away. Are you giving massages yeah. a lot of sight? Pardon me? You're giving massages a lot of sight? I do, but I can't do, yeah, but that takes a bit more. I can't do that right now because we've got to get to the next callers. But Okay, thank um, you very much. I appreciate it. All right, thank, sweetie, you can always thank, call thank, back. Big hug. God bless you. Thank yes. you. Bye-bye. God bless you, too. Beautiful. Bye. Thank you. Hi, you're on air. Welcome. Hello. Hi, can you hear me? I can. Yes, who is it? Hi, it's Void. Void, hey, hi. Hey, I know, I haven't called in a long time. Um, I hope you have the time. I actually wanted to discuss a dream thing. Okay, so give me the um, theme of the dream and the dominant feeling and emotion of the dream. 
I didn't okay, assemble so. out at you. Because usually, let me just say why I say this, because I teach dream, and I'll probably be doing a dream course maybe in April again. Work, because dreams, even though they could be long dreams or drawn out, there's usually one theme and dominant feeling or emotion. So the, the dream can be very long, but there's one succinct message in the dream. Okay? Right. Tune into that, voice. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So this is so interesting. Um, so actually, I have two separate dreams, and I don't actually need to talk about what actually happened in them. The first dream, my spirit guides basically granted me like a mini dragon as like my power animal or something. And then the second dream, which was very recently, like right before the new moon, um, and it's interesting given what you're going to talk about today with your guests, but basically I had a dream that I was in a dragon's eye, and floating in this dragon's eye was this mm. island. And there was this theme of where the waters meet. That was very important. The waters meet. And then I had a vision of Uranus. And Uranus was like a dragon's eye in the formation of Uranus. And it was very powerful, the imagery. And it like, and inside this vision of Uranus as a dragon's eye, I saw this man like getting a bunch of harvesting a bunch of vegetables so obviously there's like a theme of like harvest and abundance and uranus Mm -hmm. which brings change and obviously dragons like transformation so i guess i actually do have more of a question which is like what specifically are my guides trying to tell me is it for me or is this collective energy i'm picking up on like is there something i need to know that's coming up for me that's like a huge change is there something do they have something that can tell me more or yeah, I think you've got two things. Now, tell me a little bit more where the waters meet. What was that, where the waters meet? So the the second dream started, I was running around out in this, like, big grassy area. It was, like, really beautiful landscape. It looked like out west. There's, like, a lot of trees. And there's, like, kind of like an ocean and a river. So the river was meeting the okay. ocean. The water was overflowing. And I was running away from it, but I was giggling. And the feeling was, like, joy and, like, wonder. Okay, this is really good. You're tapping into both. Okay, and Robert, I know, is going to be able to bring more into this. Okay, one of the things, um, and I've always said our biggest changes are going to happen when Pluto goes into Aquarius. Uh, Saturn in mm. Pisces, but I really feel Pluto in Aquarius and uh, Saturn in, in Aries collectively and individually. Um, but you're going to see more mass change. Now, what I'm getting, especially for you, and we're going to tie that into even – Saturn going into Pisces, where the ocean meets the river. We are Mm -hmm. rivers. We go into the ocean. That's the cosmic. And I will say if we want to call certain, you know, people want to call, you know, whatever, Illuminati, trilateralists, people that just have the old agenda, cabal, whatever. Yeah. With some of this AI and other things, which I love technology, I love AI, I love it all, but there is a movement because there's always a counter-movement, intention, counter-intention. That's part of the polarity plane on this Earth game mm-hmm. um, until things shift that balances out. So some people want more openness, more freedom, some people less. Some people more laws, some people less laws. So this counter-intention to opening up the source and recognizing that we're source energies and creating from that space of the unified field of consciousness knowing that we have this creative ability and being more individualistic, which is also the higher vibration of Uranus, uh, of Aquarius rather, because the lower vibration is cults. Um, 
So Uranus, you don't just have freedom, you have individuality, you have breaking free from norms. But you have where the river meets the ocean, your river meeting the ocean of the all that is, of God, of source energies, not only getting your sustenance from that, because the river, the ocean, subconsciously has to do with emotions, but also spiritual nourishment and love. We need mm. water. We can do without food. We can do with a lot of, out, a lot of things for a long period of time, but not water. So mm. I feel that part of what you're, that's, that's the collective and individual aspect, but that I feel is a collective message also. And so, for you, whether being around water with intentionality or doing meditations where you feel yourself aligned to source energies and opening up to the ocean, you know, it's like we're the drop, but also mm. the ocean, you know. And then the dragon is, and the dragon's eye, like third eye, the dragon is bringing the reptilian aspect of our, the instinctual and the instinctual aspect of our being is changing. I mean, at some point, and by the way, I, I love the ego because, you know, as a, as a therapist and transpersonal psychologist, it's an important function. However, right. many people can probably see that we're releasing the reptilian activa- you know, dominance is releasing the ego. So when we are more telepathic when we have more foresight i just did a post on this on my patreon group about foresight that we're going to be living more by foresight and less on hindsight we don't need the ego protection because we live in that unfolding so i feel you're getting a glimpse into that and the message for you is to connect into your deep ancient wisdom your cellular knowing your energetic knowing your instinctual knowing the deep wisdom that you have within you, maybe it's studying things that are, you know, ancient or, you know, have a, a long history, um, and then bringing that, bringing that forward. And that brings you that abundance. Then you're living more abundantly and you're attracting more abundantly. But your source is the ocean. It's the cosmic. You're connecting in. And, of course, void, your name is, you makes know, sense. go by void, it makes yeah. sense. <laughs> That you're just yeah. going to do that even more intentionally and perhaps even help others do this. Because yeah. you've taken that on cool. by calling the vo- void. You've taken that on. You've opened it right. up and say, yeah. yes, yeah. I am this. I right. can, yeah. So I feel like you're getting well, the message is... from your higher self and your guides that, yes, this is a direction for you to go in. Okay, good. So it, it is like confirmation, like keep going. Because I have been already there but i've been questioning recently like can i oh, really no. survive doing all this stuff do i have to get a new yes. job do i have to like no. be more normal no not only can you survive you're it's the man male part of you it's the masculine part that goes out in the world and, right. and builds takes the structure right. it's bringing back the veggies so yeah yep. the void is the feminine the ocean is the feminine but you know we, wow. we need the structuring it yeah very powerful mm-hmm very powerful. Wow. Thank you for sharing Thank you. that. That's beautiful. Thank you yeah. very, very much. Yeah, that's so interesting. Thank you. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited to hear the talk today with your guests. I'm going to definitely Thanks, listen Robert. to the rest later, but i got something else to do for now. But thank you so much for answering You're that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, take, take care. care. Bye. Bye. Hi, you're on air. Hello. Hi, Michelle. It's Lee. Hey, Lee, welcome. Good to how are you? you? Good. Good. How are you? I'm good. 
Um, I was calling in because I met someone and just kind of wanted to see what um, what kind of came through with all that. Yeah. Okay, give me a first initial, if you would. S. And think of the person. S? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Okay. I'm definitely getting a lot of past. So the adage of past, past life, or something similar to from your past, there, there's something there could even be a quality or aspect that you had with someone in the past um they going to have let's see the kind of relationship okay i don't know if this has happened yes yet with it, with this person but i do see you doing a lot together like um, day-to-day activities or errands or helping each other with a lot of stuff. I do say a lot too with hay. (laughs) Hay and grass, (laughs) property. Now, you may, um, I'm going to say you have choice with this person because I feel a lot of change coming up for you. Um, there could even be a move, a, a, a new uh, residence um, for you. I do see, I do see dating. I see dinners together. I see you, you know, doing stuff. I, I feel like there could, there definitely seems to be more connection in the spring with this person. Let's see what kind of relationship? Yeah, it's six. Or is it your work or their work that sometimes gets in the way? So. There's a lot of activity together, a lot of to-dos, or I help you do this, you help me do this. It could be helping with chores or driving around. You could do some uh, short trips with this person or even a, a day trip. There's a lot about the everyday living and life with this person. As far as where it goes, I feel you're going to have choice with it. In fact, you may be the one that ultimately says, no, I'm not sure. There could be a little bit of back and forth, a little bit May, June. Um, but it may be just also because of being busy. I don't know which – this is just a quick read, so I don't know if it's you're busy or you're going somewhere or they are. Um, I'm not getting anything – the word dastardly comes up. I'm not getting anything dastardly, but um, maybe give me the fir- – yeah, Okay. So they're getting you out. They're getting you out. They're helping you get over something or clear the air. They're going to be getting you out, out and about, maybe uh, spending more time in nature or doing little road trips. It's it's about uplifting, and I feel you're going to also feel supported. Does that make sense? There's uplifting energy to this relationship and getting you out, getting you out. Let's go do this, or I'm driving here. Let's just go, oh, I'll go there with you, or I'll help you, or I'll pick it up. For so there is this uplifting, and it's because there was something missing. You didn't have that in the previous relationship or relationships. And so it's bringing into your conscious awareness more of your needs and wants, like, oh, I like that, or I did, oh, that's supportive, or that feels good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, Lee, keep us posted and uh, call back anytime.
Okay, thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Hi, you're on air. Hello, hello. I think we're going to get Robert on if he's there around 1230. So I'll make as many calls as I can. Hi. I'm doing this... good today at Scale Calling. Hey! I have a quick question for you. Okay. Guess who's on today? Guess who's on today? I know, right? Ah! I'm so excited Robert's on today. I'm so excited to hear it. I'm calling because I have a question about Marley, our dog. And she's limping. And it, it, I, don't, I don't know if I need to take him to the vet or what you might see what he's hurt himself or what's going on. Okay, the dog. Is this a little dog or bigger? I feel multiple dogs. There's two dogs. He's taller, bigger, black one. Oh, black, the black one. Okay. Something in the foot for sure. Okay. You got to look in there. And now Inside it may the... have been. It's not something internal. It it may have been that he stepped on something and got. Has he been licking? I haven't noticed him licking. You haven't noticed. Okay. No licking. With... He hasn't. No, not that I'm aware of now. Okay. Um. I feel something in, let's see, is it something in the paw or, yeah, I feel like it was something in the paw or hit, some, yeah, or is it inside? Okay. I'm not getting internal. I'm not getting internal. So Okay, awesome. I didn't know if it was in his shoulder because when you move everything around, he doesn't cry. It's not hurting him. So I, I couldn't figure out what it would be, so I'll look in the paw. Yeah, look in the paw. Okay, the awesome. Paw. Thank we'll you love. so much. You're welcome. All right, sweetie, big hug. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, you're on air. You're on air. Okay, I'll come back to you. Hello? Whoopsie. Hi. Hi. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, who's um, this? How are you? Great. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, first and foremost, and thank you for hosting this space for everybody to call and tap in quickly before the show. Um, oh, you're so welcome. I love doing it. Yeah. So I guess I'm calling because this past month has been so tumultuous. I have like oh, yes. stepped in. Go ahead. Give me your, fir- <laughs> your first name, please. Sweetie. Oh, oh sorry, Katie. That's Katie. Okay, hi. All right. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's been tumultuous, and I know it has been for so many people. It's like a very collective energy, and like after this Pisces yes. full moon, I know we're still in the energy of it. Like I just feel, I feel a shift, and I'm excited for that shift. And also, like this past month, I hosted my first retreat internationally, and like really stepped oh, into nice. like thanks this like side of me that has been like waiting to create space for others and create a container for others to you know, tap into themselves and tap into their gifts and really move through some potent dense, density in their own lives and simultaneously have been met with, like, resistance um, from others, um, which is totally fine, too, but to a point where I was kind of, like, going to, like, throw it all away and I was like, am I supposed to do this? Like, I don't know where I where I stand in this space. And so I'm kind of moving through that now, but I was wondering if there's any, like, messages from my guides or angels or anything that's been coming through. Yeah. It's not your stuff. Mm. So 
something I have to remind myself, I think I've been reminding myself so much I'm remembering it more and more, is that with all this energy, and you call it tumultuous, it's creative energy. But creative energy mm-hmm. can be a little chaotic or tumultuous. It's like taking out all your pens and paper and paints and everything's a mess and then you start painting. So a lot of people don't necessarily, aren't using their tools. They don't do emotional clearing or repatterning or just even look at, you know, how am I responding, meditation, mindfulness, whatever. So, yeah, there is a lot of that in February. <laughs> there has been a lot of it, especially the last, you know, week or so. Um, no, I feel you're on the right path, the right track. Um, but I w- I, one thing I would say, if you can, cr- carve out more time to pull back and assimilate. I feel like you're either doing a lot mm-hmm. or you have a lot coming in, a lot of influences or you're balancing a lot and then you have a lot of ideas maybe even downloads. So for you, what's going to help you is assimilation, integration time, okay? Mm -hmm. So pulling back from stuff a bit, assimilate, integrate, and then coming back in. So you're going to have to consciously carve that time out is what I'm hearing. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Good. Good, good, Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for calling in. Bye. Hi, you're on air. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. Hi, what's your first name? Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, what's your first name? Oh, great. Thank you, sorry. My name is Catherine, and I'm calling from New York. Hi, Catherine in New York. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I was wondering, please, I'm holding an event in March, but I'd like to do it again um, in a, a bigger, better fashion. Um, I was wondering if you're picking up anything, if I can do it again in either May or June in another location, please. April or May, probably May, June. Yeah. I do feel like it's something that you can do um, on a kind of maybe even three or four more times, or you could – take into other places um and i think you're getting the curriculum or something more settled in is what i'm there might be some changes to what how you're facilitating or what you're doing or the the content of it but yes it is definitely something that you can do more than once absolutely oh fabulous i'm also looking for sponsorship do you feel that Mm -hmm. might be the route to take with it. Well, that might well. be well. Uh, that might be where where I'm picking up that you're changing some things or the way that you do what it is that you do. Um, yes, yes. I'm not getting sponsorship right off the bat. You may have to be putting something forward yourself. Okay. You know, or you yeah, or you do one at a place that is maybe not so costly, or you know, and then you have the money to put out, or you ask for other venues and, and you know, maybe divvy up the, the, the fee, something like that. So just go for it. You're, you're in the process of it is what I'm hearing, okay? Oh, thank you. All right, Catherine, keep us posted and let us know what you're doing when you're ready to. I'll, I'll give you a shout-out. Oh, out. thank you. Oh, I appreciate Take that care. so much. Thank you. Thank you're, you. Much love and blessings. Thank you. You as well. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm trying to see if Robert's here. Hi, you're on air. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so Hi. much for taking my call. Uh, my name is um, Akala, calling from New York. Um, Akala? I am. 
Yes, Carla. 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 Sorry. Hi, Carla. Carla. So I'm wondering if you see a move anytime soon for me. Ooh. Okay. You have an opening May, mid to end of May, and after the summer months. Mm-hmm. Or oh, not during, sooner. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Oh. Um, oh dear. The second. Yeah. Have you? Are you selling something? Yes, I am. So should I take it off the market then if it, if it's not going to sell anytime soon? I'm just a little Yeah, concerned. I don't think see things moving. People look at bona fide buyers probably until March, March, April. Which we is still just have, a even though away. We're, even though the energy, yeah, but yeah. mid to end. Yeah. Even though, right. I mean, we still have, we're still have, you know, even, there's a lot of endings wrapping up. There's still a lot of the retrograded energy i would say you know there's still mm-hmm. you know we're going to have much more moving forward i would say especially april april and may mm-hmm. i would say there's a lot of clarity for people um mm-hmm. because i think there's going to be a lot of influences in march and sometimes when there's too many influences too many choices people just say no it's like a you know a confused mind says no you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, you probably had it on the market. It's all, I, my sense is you probably had it during the winter months, and it's probably better to put I a did. house. I did. Okay, I yeah. I was very optimistic. Yeah, you, and I yeah thought, no, 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 no. I mean, and this isn't psychic advice. This is, this is someone that's been in real estate and had lots of clients in real estate. Very difficult uh-huh. to sell in the, in the you know, springtime yeah. things move. Yeah. Right. All right, right sweetie. Good luck. Thank Keep you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Hi, you're on air. Hi, Michelle. It's Walter. <gasps> I thought of you the other day, Walter. And I thought, Are you – that's Walter? why I'm calling, No, no, Michelle. no, no. I thought you came in my energy field, and I was like, where is Walter? I had a dream. I had a dream. Did you? That's why I'm oh. Yes. That you came to me oh, and you said, Walter, God. I haven't talked to you in a while. I know you're okay. But just check in to say hi. And I was like, <gasps> when I woke up, I was like, oh, my God, that's so surreal. This happened a couple weeks ago. I was like, yeah. this is so okay. I have to call myself. <laughs> I was getting ready to leave. I was getting my phone. I was going out my back door, and you flat. Oh, because I had been in the Patreon community, and I posted something. And then I was, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes earlier. And then I was leaving, and I, you flashed in my mind. And I thought, where is Walt? And I did say that in my mind. <sighs> I know he's oh, okay. I'm just wondering what he's doing yes. and if he moved yes. forward on any stuff. Yeah, you picked it up on the in the etheric astral, that's for sure. Oh, yes. I could not believe it. I was like, I have to contact her. And this she was, was like, probably two weeks ago because I, yeah, yes. I've been traveling a bit. Yeah, it was probably two, a week and a half to two weeks ago. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well done. I just wanted to say hello. Well I just wanted to say hello and just tell you that, you're amazing, and I still listen. I love your YouTube videos. The other day I did a confirmation on something, and I just got it. Just You just came to mind, and it was right there. It was when you did your love reading. Oh, good. Yes. yes. I was just like, oh, she's so amazing. So I just wanted to just say hi, Michelle. That's it. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much for calling in. Thank you for picking up on that and then answering the call so I know that you're doing well. Oh, of course. 
Yes, and I love that you yeah. have the fur babies in the background in your videos. Like it's a different type of energy that when they're yeah. around you in those videos. I love <laughs> yes, it. Yes, it is. I absolutely love it. I love it. Oh well, I hope you can stay listening or catch the uh, replay because we got a Robert. Oh, of course, I'm going to listen on. because Robert Robert's coming on. Oh, good. Okay. Very yes. cool. Yes. All right. Talk to you later. All right, Thanks Michelle. for calling in. Take care. Big hug. Bye. Okay, one more quick call, then we got Robert coming on. Hi, you're on air. Yeah. Hi, my name is Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you. Hi. So, yes, I have a quick question. So, I don't know, I'm just getting really frustrated with the housing market. I know you were just talking about it. I feel like, you know, like I'm ready to probably find something around March. I'm waiting. I'm supposed to get a new car, but my car went bad after 15 years. But I'm just frustrated mm-hmm. because I feel like yes, I'm not coming on now with the recession happening a little more. I want to find something first. And then with selling, I'm concerned, like, you know, just like I have a little bit of painting I have to do, like cracks in the ceiling and a couple of ceilings and, and a, um, you know, and uh, just a couple other little cracks, nothing serious, but things that I have to paint over and I'm just like, I'm wondering even if my place will sell real good. Like, I feel like I need to do that stuff, you know, get it get mm-hmm. it done. Yeah. yeah, you do need to get it that, that stuff done. Um, but it's not serious, right, the stuff at my place? No, I feel like, no, you know, no. It's like it's an no, older building like- and I'm on the top floor and it just seems like another crack I saw now and then another one a couple weeks ago, but it just seems like... I noticed on the third floor in the hallways and everything, I would never have moved here if I knew that they had, you know, a little bit more of, I don't know, they just don't take care of things that good, you know. Right, right. So, like, I just feel uh, frustrated. Yeah. Like, I feel like I like I just can't be here, like, that much longer. Like, it's been eight years, but I just, I, I don't know, it just upsets me to think if I was here another few years or something. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. It is accepting our individual timing, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. as opposed to our own time. Something that sometimes helps is getting rid of things, getting ready for the move, not just psychologically, but extending out, you know, doing more out of your area, changing your routine. Um, It feels like you've been there a long time. And, you know, more than eight years, it's like there's this rootedness, and it may be rooted to your past, so it may be time to clear other things from your past that you, you know, items um, that you don't want to bring forward. I do see you getting out of it, but it may not be as quickly as you want to, okay? Because the energy pattern of the type of Mm movement, well, the energy pattern that I'm seeing of this type of movement is really more April, May, okay? So... I would start, you know, prereparing. Start preparing okay. for. Well, what right, I wanted Lisa, to do first was you. okay, Go if ahead. I find something first and then No, you need to prepare psychologically. You need to get rid of stuff and kind of look at as openings. Because our move okay. follows our consciousness. So when we're ready in consciousness, mental, emotional, conscious, subconscious, when we're done with something, then it's done with us. And so one okay. thing that can help that is to is to literally get rid of things Declutter. that you don't need or Declutter. want. 
yeah, declutter and get and get. I don't want to bring. With I me. know that's yeah. why I said you. It seems like you've been there longer than eight years. You got a lot of stuff that you need to let go of from your past, and that's greatly going to help shift the energy. Okay. okay. And then do you also Thanks think for calling more questions? I got a scoop, okay. sweetie. But okay. you can call in next okay. week. Okay. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. All right, Soul Lights, if you didn't get your question answered, you can call next week. I'm here at 12 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, so you can always do that. Now, we have our second half of the program, which I'm so excited for, our Awakening Dialogue with Robert Wilkinson. Many of you already know who he is. Yes, I know you do. But for those of you that don't, he is a metaphysician, a futurist. He is an astrologer, has deep insight and knowledge of spirituality and the wisdom teachings. Um, he's also the uh, founder of Aquarius Papers, AquariusPapers.com. Um, so you can find out more information as well as his uh, writings uh, on spirituality and metaphysics and astrology at AquariusPapers.com. So let's bring Robert on. Hey, Robert, welcome. Hello. Hello, everybody. So everybody it's is so excited to be with you. It's good to be back, and I'm glad that the work continues and you continue to shine a great light. And Dawn and Michael from Healing Earth in Chicago send their best to you. They are friends of mine. Oh, I love yes. them. Oh, my gosh. Yes. yes. Yeah, Dawn, Dawn uh, definitely we're connected on the Internet. We're both part of several astrology groups together, and she wanted me to send her best to you because she rem- remembers you very fondly. Oh, oh likewise, okay. likewise. Yeah. Give so her a big key, hug. The, when you talk to them, etheric hug, say hi to both uh, she and Michael. Yes. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's so interesting. I thought – and try to find out where they were of her six, eight months ago. It was intensely on my mind. And then um, our, our mutual friend now of ours, Paula, who worked there. <laughs> I can I turn found you them. on. Yes. I can yes. turn you on. Yes, indeed. So, oh, great. I, as usual, I was listening to everything and everyone, and um, just odds and sods here. Uh, I think that because Mars is still in its shadow zone, folks, things are not uh, yet quite moving forward as we would like. Because remember, Mars went retrograde in late October yeah. and stayed retrograde November and December and early January, and it's still in the shadow zone. So we're still not quite caught up to where we mm-hmm. thought we were last autumn. And that's why a lot of stuff has not developed as fast as people would like. And we're going to have to get That's why. Yeah, the Mars square Neptune, that'll help once we get past there. So that's... uh, Yeah, and that square, it's kind of mucking. That's why feeling you could feel things coming through or wanting to come through, like there's openings, but yet there is this still releasing um, and or block delays. You know, there's a lot of frustration, well, like one of our too, callers said. Remember, too, that last year during uh, October, November, December, uh, excuse me, Jupiter had gone retrograde back into Pisces, and it went direct on a degree of things falling apart. 
So when you talk about oh. people really do need to approach things like, okay, what do we dissolve? What do we give away? What do we distribute? What don't we need oh, anymore? Oh, that's, that's why. the lesson. Because where Jupiter hits its stations marks sea changes in our lives and in the lives of the, the entire world. And then we also have the factor Mercury just came out of retrograde. It was retrograde in late December right. through most of January. So, again, Mercury retrograde, Mars retrograde, Jupiter changing signs. Saturn is at the very end of Aquarius, so we're like fulfilling everything we've felt the last two years. And just in terms of some of the questions of your people, I'll just say Mercury will again be retrograde between mid-April and mid-May. It's a good time for reflection, rehearsal, research, redoing things. However, it's going to go retrograde on the same degree that Uranus Mm. just went direct which is the theme is the old answers can't confirm the new conditions. Mm. Everyone has to just open up the mind and just really find new ideas, new approaches, new attitudes, because this is the global awakening thanks to Uranus, and we're all going to basically see it right here, right now between the middle of April and the end of May, which then brings me to the big T-square coming up on the third week of May because Jupiter's going to leave Aries and be at one Taurus. Pluto's going to be at one Aquarius, and Mars is going to be at (gasps) one Leo, releasing huge amounts of energy into Scorpio. Now, a square is a challenge to right action, but a square from Jupiter, things can blow out of proportion really fast. So it's one of those aspects that it's integrative, but you have to be really careful, focused. What's the energetics? What is the magnetism? What is coming? What cannot come? All of that will come to a head by late May. So that once Jupiter because Saturn's going to be in Pisces in just a little bit. I'm going to talk about that. Jupiter goes into Taurus in May. Then we have this super productive summer of Jupiter and Taurus, sextile Saturn and Pisces, and Saturn's going to be sitting on a degree of hearing a call to renewal and rebirth. So we're coming into a spring of changing energies, of reflection, of finding new approaches, of some things just being blown apart and other things being integrated or reintegrated as a prelude to a super productive summer. Now, the other side of the summer, Venus is going to be in Leo forever because it goes retrograde in Leo in July. And I talk about Venus retrograde in my book. I've put out a book since the last time I was on this show. It's called The Magic of Venus Friendships, soulmates, and twin flames. And it's got everything you could ever want about Venus and what it means. It's got Venus in the signs. It's got Venus retrograde. It's got 100 pages on the ideal mate for all signs. It's all part of a Mm. thing I did years ago, and I just never published it. I finally got around to publishing it. It's the most comprehensive book on Venus ever written. And it's perfect, really, it's a combination 
of psychology, spirituality, and astrology so that we can consciously manage our attractions and we can be aware of what we want, why we want it, how to get it, and why we're not getting it, or why whatever is the lesson of getting it, and then somehow we have to change our approach to it. So anyway, it's a good book, and it's called The Magic of Venus. Now let's see, there was one other thing here. Oh yes, this segues into what we're going to talk about, because some of the quickening that you've been talking about is directly related to events since 2020 because we had a bunch oh, okay. of new long-wave cycles put into motion, but they were conflicting between late Capricorn and early Aquarius. So we've got both going on in our charts through pretty much the middle of the century. So that's on the meta level. We've got competing pulses, and I'll go into that in a little bit, but we had a great quickening thanks to Saturn, beginning in early 2021, which led us to the emergence of new mutations from the cosmos in late 2021, which led us to lessons of how to use spiritual energy wisely and productively, you know, in a managed way. That was 2022, and then Saturn went direct at uh, 19 Aquarius, just not that long ago, which is a quickening. We're all having to rise to an occasion. Yes. Yes, and it's like an exaggeration of life problems, which expands us and which shows us who we really are. It's almost like we're learning how to work together to put out a forest fire. And it doesn't matter how the fire Mm. happened, but we have to work together to put it out. And this brings Mm. us to the threshold of where we are. Just remember... The old answers are not going to be adequate to what we need to do this year. We're going to have to find new answers and new approaches. And it's really, really important because when the outer planets change signs, it totally changes the collective energy. And Pluto only changes signs like once every 20 years, and it's about to move into a two-year period of going back and forth between late Capricorn and early Aquarius really powerful energies, but competing energies. And both signs are ruled by Saturn, but they have totally different ways of manifesting. And you know what's interesting, Robert, as you're saying this? And it's in, in hypnotherapy, we call it a competing idea. In other words, belief, idea, or feeling. You can't make changes when you have, one has to be a little bit stronger. And we're not there yet, right? We've got, like you said, the competition is like, there's enough of how we used to do things, the old approach, and the new approach is coming in, but we're not, you know, not yet ready to take that on or totally believing in that. And I think that's why there's a lot of frustration. So I'm glad you're mentioning this. And how can people, like what's going on astrologically, and how can people be more open to new approaches, a new way of doing things? Is it possible? I mean, it's well, got to be possible. Well, in terms of just right? a new way, I have always believed that the law of magnetic attraction requires that we program receptivity within our consciousness so we can receive an idea or an image or an impression of something new that will give us a clear vision and a set of tools how to move forward. 
because you can't use the old tools if they're not working anymore. You can't have the same attitude that you had if it doesn't work anymore. And I believe that one of the big macro things besides the stuff I've told you is that part of what Saturn's been teaching us since last summer is that gratitude and appreciation are spiritual powers. And that by the demonstration and exercise of gratitude and appreciation, we literally change future karma. But we can't do it selfishly. That's Saturn. Saturn can be selfish because it's it, in its negative part of its duality. It's fear-based. It's control-based. It wants to enslave an idea, a person, a way of life. But the only way to achieve the dominion that Saturn promises us is to make it our friend so that we are mature, responsible, organized, fearless, clear, that we take responsibility for what we are responsible for and we don't get lost struggling with the stuff that we're not responsible for. And so we're learning here how to apply spiritual principles. And again, I mean, the gratitude and appreciation is just one little tiny uh, tool in the box, but it's a big one. I mean, there are others because it all deals with how do we manage our individual spirituality within a social setup in order to achieve right action. And that's all we have to do is take responsibility for our need to learn what is right action. And action has to be preceded by the correct view and the motive, the the feeling attachment that brings us and our game to any given thing we're doing. If we want to make a life change, it's not going to feel safe. But unless we're totally committed to it, it's probably not going to feel very good. So this is all part of the, the shift in terms of what we've been learning here in Aquarius is a big view, a big picture, a big understanding, mm-hmm. a synthesized view of things. Whereas Capricorn is more about personal authorship and power, Aquarius is more about group energy and how to manage individual energy so that the sum is is greater than the parts. That's the genius of Aquarius is it takes individual expertise. And within a group context where everybody puts their skill at the altar of community, great works can be achieved that will outlive us, and that will serve as touchstones for a greater social spiritual ideal. Each one of us gets to participate in that. I can't possibly tell everybody what they're supposed to do because I can't live their dharma. But they can live their dharma. And as you know, I mean, that's part of what you do. You help guide people to their higher destiny. I try to guide people to their higher destiny. That's the operative word, Robert, guide. We're guiding, they not telling, walk, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then the guidance you always have to bring uh, within. So this is interesting. This is what I'm hearing from you. Is this like is a really a wrapping up of some huge old cycles? And oh, you know, I was just posting on this on Instagram. <laughs> the approach. You just got started. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. 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 So now, now let's get to the to the topic here, right? Yes. 
Pluto in Aquarius. I've been asked a lot, is this the beginning of the age of Aquarius? And my answer is no, since we're already on the cusp of the age and have been there for a couple of centuries. But we are getting there. Because a great age is 2,100 years. It means each degree of that sign is about 70 years. And if we consider that the last one-tenth of the age of Pisces and the first one-tenth of the age of Aquarius is the cusp, where two great ages, two great thought forms, two great paradigms overlap, you can see how this shift takes over 400 years to happen. So when people say, well, when's the age of Aquarius going to happen? It's already happening, and it is still yet to happen, and there's going to be a lot of mixing and blending in the foreseeable future. Now, the last time Pluto was in Aquarius, in 1777, it briefly ducked into Aquarius before going back into Capricorn, just like it will this year. So the last time it was in Aquarius was 1777 to 1798. And that was far more than just the American Revolution. There was tremendous change in the air everywhere, the Enlightenment, new ideals of government, new ideals in economics, new ideals in trade came into being. Now, I won't say that they were enlightened because we were still in the age of Pisces. And so those age of Pisces, Pluto and Aquarius seeds, are what have been sprouting since then. And it happens each time Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, or Neptune transited Aquarius. And I find it useful to regard the emerging age as a gradual thickening of the Aquarius energy with each pass of the outer planets through that sign. Each transit works its unique magic on the larger field, and each builds on what's been growing from before. So the Aquarian energy is getting denser and denser. Last time Pluto was in Aquarius, it was still Pisces. Now we are on the edge of the new age, so it's going to be a lot stronger now. For those who don't know things about the planets, Pluto represents the long-term seeds of things. It's part of the spiritual invisible host, those being Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, and trans-Pluto. Uranus awakens. Neptune unifies and blends. It's what's in fashion collectively. Pluto purifies and transforms, and trans-Pluto redeems over the long run as per divine mother energy. Now, when any of these change signs, it's a huge deal for humanity because they're both generational and subgenerational planets. We can't take them personally. They're way beyond us. They're not personal. They're transpersonal. So when one changes signs, it affects everybody in the whole world on invisible levels. We can't look at the coming Pluto and Aquarius era, which is 2023 to 2043, I mean, it's 20 years, without taking into account that Uranus and Neptune have already transited Aquarius recently. And what Uranus yeah. awakened, Neptune dreamed into collective consciousness. So Uranus mm, awakened... Okay, Uranus awakened the previous Pluto and Aquarius energies, 1828 to 1836, and then Neptune dreamed that awakened energy into the collective field between 1834 and 1848. However, we were still in the age of Pisces, so that was still the dominant energy. Uranus again transited uh, and awakened new Aquarian energy, 1912 to 1919. Huge technological breakthroughs at that time. 
And that brings us to the more recent transits, where Uranus was in Aquarius from 1995 to 2003. Neptune was in that sign 1998 to 2011. So Uranus awakened a new Aquarian energy. The last five years of the last century, first three of this one, and then Neptune dreamed it all in between 1998 and 2011. So you can see now we're catching up to where we are. And so Uranus mm. awakened it, and Neptune so spread the, it through the collective consciousness. So the dream was there, and now it's anchoring or manifesting the dream. So the dream is there. It's there etherically is what I'm hearing you say. Now it's playing out? Is that what you're saying? Well, yes, it is playing okay. out because, see, during that time, Jupiter, the expander, went through Aquarius in 2009. And that's big because it expanded everything that Uranus awakened in 1995 to 2003, and it expanded everything that Neptune was spreading since 1998. It made its conjunction with Neptune in 2009. That created an Aquarian cycle in play until 2163 because that's the next Jupiter conjunct Neptune in Aquarius. So Jupiter is the teaching and the spiritual expansion and the blessing and the protection, and it merged with Neptune, the collective consciousness, giving us a new Jupiter spiritual Neptune Aquarian type energy. And that's going to be in play for 140 years. So we're already, see, we're in that big field already. And that brings us up to now. And along with the invisible outer planet influences, we also note that Jupiter conjuncts Saturn every 20 years. And Jupiter and Saturn, are they mark the widespread social and cultural changes. And they just conjuncted at one Aquarius in December 2020. That was special because it was called the Grand Mutation because it ended 200 years of Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions in Earth signs. And it began 200 years of those conjunctions in air signs. And I think it's going to move our times out of the materialism of the past 200 years into the idealism of the next 200. Mm. And we're just barely two years and change into that cycle. We're two years out of 200. Mm. So, you know, we're just barely there. And that's important, okay, because... 1800 to 2000 was still within the influence of the Earth signs during the age of Pisces, but now we've begun a 20-year Aquarian era, which will give this Pluto in Aquarius 20-year period a much different expression than the one 240 years ago. Because the last time it was in Aquarius, the Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions were in fire signs, Aries and Sag. So there was this big fire energy within the age of Pisces, in the next 20 years, the influence is going to be air sign. And from now through 2040, it's under Aquarius. 2040 to 2060, the influence is going to be in Libra. So the 18th century Aquarian energies was influenced by fire signs. But the 21st century is influenced by air signs. And in between, we've had 200 years of earth sign conjunctions. So it's almost like the materialism that has conditioned the entire world up to now really was almost like an anomaly between energies. And that's, again, what I talk about the earth sign conjunctions um, 
especially the ones that came down in January and March of 2020. We had long cycles, like Saturn-Pluto conjunction, last 33 years, and that was in Capricorn. And so we're still seeing a lot of Capricorn energy, okay? We just had lots of cycles that were set into motion. Yeah, there were two still years, there. 12 years, 33 years, all Capricorn, okay? So that's why it feels like we're struggling with the old manipulation control systems, and it doesn't seem like that there's much Aquarian stuff going on, but really it's there for all of us who tune into it, who are willing to raise our game to become the best Aquarian energies we can be through embracing constructive Capricorn energies and the use of personal power within a group setup to achieve a collective ideal. That is the best use of the Capricorn energies is that self-discipline helps us learn what we have to learn, get the training we need to train so we can be worthy um, co-producers within larger ideal collective efforts. So anyway, the Capricorn cycle of Saturn and Pluto is going to last through 2053. We have Cap cycles in play, and then we have Aquarian cycles in motion through 2040. So, and look to the chart where you have late Capricorn, early Aquarius, because that is the focus of your chart and your life, and it's going to be most active in the coming decades. Wherever those fell in your chart. What is it, Paul? What is it, um, Robert? Where is it, Pluto? The last 10 degrees of Capricorn and the first degree of Aquarius. So, wherever Mm -hmm. that, like, 12-degree span is, that is the focus for basically the rest of our productive days. Now, what's interesting, doing a little forecast here, Mars makes another conjunction with Pluto in early Aquarius, besides the opposition that we go through uh, this year, it makes another conjunction in 2026. And see, the best part of that is that in the concept of the century cycles, each century has four seasons of 25 years each. You and I have talked about this in prior shows. And the first quarter of every century is the winter of that century, where the seeds of the previous century are stored until they sprout at the spring. Well, the spring is common in 2025, 2026, 2027. Pluto in Aquarius, what you were talking about with the Saturn and Neptune in Aries. Uranus goes into Gemini. New ideas, new understanding, the quest for something totally new is coming. And it's going to spread through the world. So anyway, we have these uh, Aquarius cycles are going to be getting stronger and stronger. 2026, uh, it's going to activate Pluto and Aquarius every two years. And then comes the big shift. Jupiter conjuncts Pluto at the angel degree in February 2033. And that launches a new 12-year Aquarian expansion, taking us into the summer of the century. So Jupiter expands what it touches. Saturn crystallizes things into form. The recent Jupiter-Saturn transit of Aquarius has already set some Aquarius structures into play in our personal life, in our interpersonal life, and in the world. And that's all going to affect life for all of us in the coming decades. And it's going to take on new forms each year when the inner planets go through Aquarius and conjunct Pluto. Again, every two years when Mars conjuncts Pluto. So 
you can see how your Aquarius sectors are about to be highly stimulated for the next 20 years. So that's the focus. And it brings us to the present. Saturn is right now at the end of the end of Aquarius, and it's in what I've termed the transfiguration zone. Because the last two degrees of Aquarius is where we go through major transfigurations, and it is the cusp of the age because we're at one Pisces, and the age will slip back into 30 Aquarius probably after mid-century. So we're right here. Mm -hmm. Anything that we focus on in the last degrees of Aquarius and first degree of Pisces is the transfiguration zone where we understand the cusp of the age. I just did a three-parter on that. I think it was last week on the Aquarius. On page. Aquarius papers, you've got yeah. on. I've got a yeah three-parter okay. about the transfiguration zone and Sun entering Pisces in the cusp of the age. Now, when Saturn enters Pisces, it'll bring new focus to that part of our charts, to that part of our lives. And again, mm-hmm. I brought this up in my book that Saturn, spiritual master, spiritual friend, that Saturn is both our worst fear as well as our power to remove the chains of mental slavery and take command of our destiny. We just have to make Saturn our friend and claim its virtues while getting rid of fear and control. So we've had Right, which you have a book called Saturn, what is it, Saturn? Saturn, spiritual master, spiritual friend. The friend, yeah. Well. Well, it is. (laughs) It is. Yeah, it is, it is. I've had some great times with Saturn, and I've had some not-so-great times. Well, I believe that all of life, if we really want to talk about spirituality, it's just about becoming more aware on the personal and interpersonal and transpersonal levels. Yeah. And we must elevate our negative planetary function to its positive function. Like Venus, and I talk about this a lot in the context of the book, my Venus book, Venus is Wisdom and Folly that when our Venus is Mm. dysfunctional, we fall prey to all kinds of foolish vanities and seductions. But when our Venus is really, you know, where it's supposed to be, we become wise in our interactions and desires and what we want to hold on to and the people we want to dance with. But again, this is all about elevating each planetary response. So we've reshaped all of our Aquarian responses the past two and a half years because Saturn has been teaching us that. We now all have a sense of some contribution we can make to an emerging broader new life and how to manage our energy so we can use spiritual power effectively. And now we've matured into a level of new and broader spiritual understanding and expression. And so a lot of your people that are wondering what's up and where it's all going and what do I do, connect the dots because you've been awakened. You're becoming more and more aware. You've had a shortcut. New things have come forth. You're managing spiritual energy. What forms have that taken in your life? That's how you can know what you're doing and who you're supposed to do it with. And I do believe that Pluto and Aquarius is going to bring a global growth of astrology and a sense of the greater good, because those are Aquarian things. And again, Capricorn and Aquarius, both ruled by Saturn. Cap gives the practical structure. Uh, Aquarius gives the vision. 
Saturn in Aquarius uh, revolts against the binding force of the system it just established, and so that's part of the tension because Saturn is both Capricorn, established system, and Saturn is also a revolt against the binding force in Aquarius. So that's what we've been dealing with since 2020. And Aquarius always seeks a greater ideal of its power moved into collective level. Now, this gets into some both spiritual stuff as well as astrological stuff because all systems have structure. Right. They have to. Right. But that defines their limitation. Aquarius is the meta system, the ideal which encompasses all systems, all things, all views, all approaches within the vision of the greatest ideal. And it holds that vision because it's fixed air. It's a fixed idea of the greatest good for the greatest number. We all have Aquarius somewhere in our chart. It's the sector where we see a greater vision in our lives, or we seek out an ideal view of a greater good. Like I have Leo rising, and that puts Aquarius in my seventh house. I seek ideal equal relationships. I don't want to be above anybody. I don't want to be below anybody. I don't want to control anybody, and I don't want to be controlled by anybody. I like to meet people as equal soul spirits, regardless of the personality stuff. That's just my ideal because I have Aquarius on the seventh house. Now, I also have moon and Aquarius in the seventh, so the people that are my equals often mirror my own state, and I can mirror theirs. So it's really good for reflective mirroring interactions is very good you can mirror what other people are and then they through the reflection can see themselves now all of us with any planets in aquarius have been matured these past two and a half years and we all have a new understanding of our ability to push the limits of the ring past not those inherent boundaries in our in our energetic field but we have a new understanding of how to push the limits of our energetic field into a broader view of our purpose related to whatever planet's been touched by Saturn. So we've had to learn the value of discipline and patience and organization and patience and taking responsibility and patience and reasonable boundaries. And did I mention patience? And this is what was happening when we had <laughs> a lot in our start. Yeah, whether there's a planet there or not, we've been learning patience wherever we have Aquarius in our chart. I think Pluto and Aquarius is going to sprout the seeds of future technology, future medical breakthroughs, and more, I would say, because of the holistic approach Aquarius takes. An example of this is something you brought up, the increasing acceptance of fourth and fifth wave medicine. It's not just the alternative vibrational color sound the the whole thing that's really taking shape this whole fourth wave medical field you know where you've got tuning forks on acupuncture points and it's healing people but there's also a fifth wave medicine which is non-local diagnosis and healing and more than just an individual doing it there will be more and more uh, triangulation of groups of three or more in doing distant healing work. So we're going to see much more of that synergetic uh, type of energy where we come together to advance what is beyond the materialism of the past 200 years. 
So there is an astrological revolution coming when Pluto makes its way through Aquarius, and I think astrology is going to go through some big changes, okay, because Pluto deals with seeds and divine mechanics. It's the law of economy of energy. This implies that seeds will be planted to see to the core of all things within the oneness of all. Pluto is a purifying fire and lord of the underworld and invisible. This implies the purification of astrology with some ancient superstitions placed in the, what I call the Astrology Museum. And we're going to see increasing developments related to human evolution, human consciousness, individual and collective, how we are all interrelated within the one field of light, life, love that we are together. We're going to see more about the broader transpersonal cycles of change. <clears throat> Again, and I've written about the Uranus awakening, the Aquarian pulses, which were dreamed into consciousness. You can find it in my archives at the December 9th, 2020 article, because that kind of outlines the whole thing, and it also has links to other more particular articles about this thing. So, again, you said it earlier, we're going to see a huge leap forward when Saturn and Neptune conjunct in Aries, the sign of pioneering new beginnings. And with Pluto and Aquarius and Uranus and Gemini, there's just going to be openings of everything, new yeah, ideas, Uranus new approaches. And Gem- I can't, yeah, Uranus and everything Gemini. Everything that's going to be subject. The curiosity is going to be just exploding everywhere. A new openness in the collective to do something new, something different. Again, we're going to mm-hmm. leave the winter and enter the spring of the 21st century. So I think that astrology is going to go through a revolution Medical techniques are going to go through a revolution. Social mm-hmm. structures are going to go through a revolution. I just don't think that that the new idea of Aquarius is going to begin to take clearer shape until the next Jupiter transit of Aquarius. And then we're probably not really going to see a lot of what is emerging now become canon, if you will, until the next transit of Saturn through Aquarius 2050 through 2053. And so we'll see the beginnings of public growth as early as February 2024. We're going to see more growth in this new energy in 2026, 2028, and in the years after 2033. So that, to me, is as concise as I can make this about what's in front of us, because it's so exciting but people are getting discouraged because it's not happening fast enough. Fast enough, yeah. People and forget things. It takes time, cycles. We work within cycles, you know, of time. Well, you're not going to make anything grow faster by going out and pulling on it. <laughs> you know, you can't make your tomatoes ripen before they want to ripen. I mean, if you can pick them green, but they're still not going to be red until they're time. And so I think that that's where, again, getting back to something I said at the beginning, I think if we can program in a certain receptivity to the true, the good, the beautiful, the useful, the possible, the dream, because we have been in a dream state lately, and rather than be confused I believe the dream state is perfect for us to evaluate the dream and decide to dream a better dream because we can dream that dream. We are not at the mercy of the unconscious mind. 
All that we have to do is see the imagery for what it's worth, work with it the best we're able, and sometimes just get over it, you know, the delusion of self that, that the separate self has any reality at all, that all of our fears have any reality at all, that even our memories, nothing really is as it seems. Because while the five senses in the mind teach us a lot of stuff, they're also apt to lead us into a ditch. And that's why we meditate. That's why we read spiritual texts, is so we can remember to tune in on the bodhicitta, the, the stuff of soul, the, the ability to remember that the three refuges. They're called the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, but in, in English I would call them the wisdom, the way, and the community. We all are searching for wisdom. We all walk the way we walk, whether we want to or not, whether it's good, bad, or whatever, because we have to work out some karma. We have to learn some stuff. We have to turn bad karma to good karma. We have to learn how not to be completely flipped out when we've attracted wrong relationships that go south. We just have to understand what we were learning, what we thought, how we got seduced, why did we want that, and move into a better dream move into a better set of relationships that are, you know, really honor us and we can honor them and they're good to us and they're good for us and we're good to them and, and we're good for them. And that's the square of right relations. I also have a whole section in the book on that, just about how to recognize being good to someone and for someone and when someone is good to us and for us. Because sometimes it doesn't look like we think it should look but when we look at the trajectory of our our higher awareness, we realize some of those difficult or challenging situations were exactly what we needed to get over our fear, get over our impatience, get over our expectations, get over our need to blame or shame, get over accepting blame or shame, all those psychological traps of ego that really are an illusion. I mean, they're not an illusion when you're dealing with them, but, and we do have to deal with them. We can't just say that <laughs> our attractions are an illusion or else we're going to keep attracting them. And if you want to change anything, you've got to take responsibility for creating the thought form that leads to the change. That's behind that old phrase, be the change you want to see, because you have to actually see it and be it before it will be made manifest. And I've found if it's not true for us, there will be a thousand roadblocks that either challenge our determination or show us that we're on the wrong path. But even there, rather than get mad or frustrated or angry, it's better off to ask, why is this happening the way it's happening, and how can I make it better? And again, this is one of those things that if you can't make it better, don't make it worse. And that would be true in anything, whether trying to make a life change or trying to break on through to a higher realization or create better relationships in the future. The negativity of ego is the biggest stumbling block to the achievement of our greatest good. Because ego has all this expectation and fear and demands and Again, this is where once we make friends with our Saturn and once we understand the concept of uh, what I would call right relationship, you know, where we're in a good relationship with ourselves and with others, with source, with spirit, with the earth, we have to be in good relationship 
with all that is so that then we can be clear and calm and happy. And really, I think once we get into the groove, all things conspire to make us happy, to make us more aware. We just have to not want what other people have. We have to ask what's true for us. Yeah, and isn't that also, um, touching back on your book, part of Venus because of the values, not just what we love or how we love, but not just love relationships, but getting back to values. Circling back on that, Robert, is what you're seeing also astrologically, is there more focus on, well, definitely on love, that binding force, but also values, whether collective or individually, that those are changing? I think you alluded to it in the beginning, saying that we're not well, going to yeah, be as Yeah, because Uranus and Taurus. Uranus and Taurus is ah. awakening the entire world to new values, new ways of looking at matter, new ways of looking at material. We can't be complacent anymore. Okay, and mm-hmm. just like Venus has a Taurus side and a Libra side, it has a value side and a relationship side. We have to learn what to value and how to use it wisely. What's the value? Because a lot of people, they treat cheaply what they should hold precious, and they clutch when they should most give it away. And see, that's where we have to learn to overcome the fear. Yeah, that, that boy, is that See what I mean? True. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that also affects the Libra side, which is our inner equilibrium that allows us to stay balanced no matter what's going on out there. Because a great master once said that nobody ever became a master if they could be thrown off balance by anything outside themselves. And that's the thing. We're supposed to be able to hold our equilibrium no matter what. It doesn't mean repress it. It, You know what I mean. It's not about stifling, but it's more about being a really good ice skater in life so that we glide despite the limiting conditions. Mm. So that we glide, you're saying? I love that. Yeah, because, well, think about ice skater. You try to get out on a frozen pond, you can't walk. You'll slip, you'll fall. And But with ice skating, mm-hmm. it's like you find a perfect way to balance on the one and push off with the other. And then you shift the balance and you push off with the one and you glide with the other. And that's life, isn't it? Where you're kind of pushing forward, but with smooth motion, with balance, with equipoise. And that enables us to move forward despite the limiting conditions. It's the same principle. I don't, most people don't do boating, but I used to boat when I was younger you, on a sailboat. And you can tack into the wind. You can go right into the wind, but if you know how to angle your sail, you're going to make great progress. Going right into the wind, you can still make great progress. And that's why there is a thing in the Venus book about uh, astrology can help solve any relationship problem, but you just have to identify what sign or axis the problem is, and then you can know exactly how to make productive, harmonic movement within that opposition. So astrology really can help us understand how to make progress despite oppositions. Yeah. And I like what you touched on earlier, too, about 
I call it the higher octave, and I know you know this as astrologer, but there's on all life, and especially astrology, this is, I think, really important to remember that there's a lower, mid, and higher octave to the expression, the way that the sign expresses or the way we even interpret the planetary expression. Um, what are your thoughts on us refining our expression and, like you said earlier, like getting to the higher octave or of like let's say Saturn or the the or Uranus or Venus. You even said Venus, like in your book, to getting to the higher or better or more life enhancing expression of a relationship. I believe Saturn is pretty much the master key. And we've gone through the self disciplining Capricorn. Then we went through mm-hmm. the management into a larger contribution in Aquarius. Now Saturn's going to take us into Pisces. We're all going to have to learn the discipline of compassion, the discipline of forgiveness, the discipline of knowing when to bless something to end and flow down the time stream so that we're not burdened by that old thing that we shouldn't be holding on to anyway. So Saturn in Pisces is going to be a reality check for a lot of people that are afraid of endings. And yet with maturity and Mm, understanding, we we can see that endings are important because until you uh, open up your hand and dump the pennies, you can't get the $100 bills. You know, you can't want to clutch yeah. the pennies and still demand the hundreds. You can't. Exactly, but they keep hand. clutch. <laughs> well, you, now, Robert, that's interesting. So, so you're kind of saying not not so much because we always think of Saturn as limitation, but you're saying, or is it the as the transit that it's and what it's aspecting that it is bringing this will letting go? Is that because is that a Saturn be lesson, a lesson the letting go? The Pisces lesson is letting go. Saturn's Uh, lesson is to do it in a mature and responsible way. It's Again, Uh, don't treat cheaply what you should hold precious. You know, don't just throw out the baby with the bathwater, as the saying goes. Right. You know, it's too often when people want to end something, they want to kind of put it all behind them, forgetting that they love that, they did that, that's part of the tapestry of their existence. So it's so, how to do it. Yeah. I love See, that. See, Saturn, yes. the, the planets are the inner lights. The sign is the expression of those lights. The houses are where it's going on. And the aspects, like the squares and conjunctions and stuff, that's just phase relationships between the ongoing right. lesson and our vanities or likes, like with personal Venus or our light our life, as in Saturn on our sun. There's going to be a lot of people, sun and Pisces, are going to go through a major restructuring of their light and their life, just like Aquarians went through a major structuring of their light and their life, and before then, the Capricorns, and before then, the Sagittarians. Because Saturn helps us restructure and bring to an end whatever it is that's more trouble than it's worth, or that doesn't really fit into our future destiny. It's for our past destiny, that's fine. I mean, you know, once upon a time, I was a wild guy, but I came a time when I had to set that aside because it wasn't really serving my spiritual growth. It probably right. did when I was now a teenager. Also, but it, right. Now, also, isn't it how you let go? So I just had this conversation with a client. I was like, to bridge, they want to just 
not have a foundation. There's, I want to get rid of everything. You know, this is everything going, you know. And so Saturn well, to me with a Saturn, right, it's, it's also how do, we do, how do we do this? How do we do the, 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 the transition, right? Is there, there's learnings there, right, on how do we do the transition. Yes, because Saturn's about management. It's how do you manage energy, ah. how do you manage a situation, how do you manage your ego. Because in mm-hmm. Capricorn, it's a desire for power and a desire for authorship within a group. But with the Aquarian energy, you've got to raise it to another whole level of vision. You know, you can't mm-hmm. just rule a country for yourself. You've got to take into account your people and your neighbors and everybody else. You know, you can't mm-hmm. just build... Uh, empires you know you have to take into account the bigger picture and that's what saturn teaches us and again it touches every one of our planets so it restructures our light when it hits our sun it restructures our feelings and our habits when it hits our moon restructures our mind and our interpretations on when it hits our mercury it shows us what we can and can't live with with our venus helps us mm. through restraining us when it's on our Mars. We don't get to just do what we want to do when we want to do it. We have to be measured and responsible mm-hmm. and organized in our approaches because that's what Saturn brings us. That's why I called it spiritual master, spiritual friend. Yeah, Because when, yeah. when we submit to Saturn's friendship, Saturn will show us how to master our ego It'll show us how to master our responses in life. It will teach us our true destiny, our dharma, our Tao, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually on the personal level, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritual on the interpersonal level, and physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually on the transpersonal level. Once we are responsible, managed consciousnesses, on all those levels, then we can really do some good work because nothing will throw us off. We can literally enter into any frequency of experience and we're not afraid, we're not perplexed because we know that with patience we will understand and with understanding we will find wisdom. Then whatever we do will be exactly as we're supposed to do. So it's really that part of that lesson is is the structure restructuring whether the energy you know our life and or relationships. Um, Robert, before we move on, let me um, going into overtime here. What the name of the, your book, the, the new one that just came out? The Magic of Venus: Friendship, the Magic of Venus, Soulmates, Friendship. and Twin Flames. Okay. And, and I explained what a soulmate is and, and why they can both break your heart, but in all cases, they'll bring out your soul. They're going to bring out your love. They're going to bring out your heart. They will affect your life because they are your soul awakeners. They are the soul connection. Yeah. And that's not yeah. the same as the twin flame at all. You know. And, and I had to do this because there were people who, well, there were some people who were really upset because they thought that they had broken up with their twin flame. And I said, you can't break up with your twin flame, but you can break up with a soulmate when it's not time for that connection yeah. to still be there. But they still touched your soul. They still brought out your love. 
they brought out your, your compassion or at least your aspiration for something greater than maybe that had ever been before. And mm-hmm. these are our soul partners, Michelle. I mean, you and I. I mean, we've been down this road Absolutely. for years and years, you know, and right? I admire your uh-huh. work. And, and, you know, and again, even kind of funny that right before I got on, I found one of your old friends, and she really admires you, and she admired the work you were doing back in the 80s and 90s in Chicago, and how wonderful it is that our community can get connected this way, and that even if we lose touch, it doesn't matter. We will find our way back at the right time, according to the cycle. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, um, amazing. yeah, how we I, and I think this year starting, there is a lot more of this coming together, you know, or re re coming to you know reconverging again, um, for the next great works, you know, that we're all meant to do. Well, That's you're really my right sense of it. because is that got, true? Yeah, yeah, we got the training, you know, with Saturn and Capricorn, and we got to apply it within a larger group or social context in Aquarius. And now with Pisces, we get to deepen. We get to really take a look at what motivates us and what motivates others. We get to revisit the the common triumphs and tragedies of the human condition. We get to re-explore our relationship to Pisces, which is the collective soup of all of human experience since the beginning of time. It's where we do merge and where we do have compassion and we do find empathy because none of us are ever alone, not for even a second. And usually whatever our wounds are, we share it with billions since the beginning of time. And we can't take a lot of this stuff like we we are sort of specially picked on by karma or God or whatever because all that we're doing is sharing common experiences which unite us with millions of others. And that's really what the coming age is about, is the ending of separateness, where we really will understand that we're all one life together. We each are individual unique sparks of light within that life. We each have our unique song to sing. We each have our unique part to play. But we are not separate. We are all one together within the collective field that I call all that is. Some people call that God. I just call it all that is because we're all within that all. And that's where we live. That Whether we see this or feel that, we're still one together, which is why sometimes when people flash in their mind, they're thinking of us. And we're just picking up on that radio signal. And that's why it's also important that we can send a beam to other people, send a beam of love, of hope, of comfort, of care. We don't have to even call them up, although sometimes that's nice. But just sending people a really good healing vibe, a good loving vibe, that thought form will always hit the mark every time. Can't be stopped. We're learning to generate positive, loving thought forms, not get lost in anger, fear, all that other ego stuff that just complicates things, <laughs> makes yeah, our life miserable. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? And maybe that's what's us all lightening up, less complication. Well, this has been amazing, Robert. Um, 
I'm so excited when I saw you, that you were going to be on today. I'm like, oh my god! Well, so sure. Great to connect with you, and uh, we'll have to do it again. And thank your book, uh, newest one, sounds also amazing and totally right timing uh, for that well, topic I as well. Wrote it. It, you might say I definitely wrote it to honor Venus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think Venus oh, okay. gets short shrift, you know. I think yeah. I think sometimes it's, it's, she, she yeah, there's she, a lot uh, of depth there. The, well sometimes I think Venus isn't given her due. You know, yeah. and that we 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 think that the sun is this and the moon is that and most people they just kind of gloss over Venus without realizing that that's the part of us that is capable of becoming wise. Once we understand value mm. and relationship, mm. that we yeah. find wisdom both in terms of our relationship to, to money and things, but also in, in relationship to other people. That's where we find wisdom. Pretty powerful. Yeah. Ah, Which is why I wrote the book. I mean, you know, because it's just like it cried to be out there. Yeah. And I, I, it's almost like a new psychology of relationship. And, uh, yeah, and to see the um, what do I want to say the 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 deeper meaning or expanded meaning of Venus that it's not oh, yeah. just right. Yeah. Yeah, people think it's just all I don't know seduction. I've got a whole chapter yeah, on seduction exactly. and what to watch out for, you know, and you know because yeah, our vanities often get in the way of us being clear with people, you know. Yeah. We cop attitudes or get hurt and whatever. We think our values are not in alignment, so you know we can't be around them anymore. And you know we yeah. just we need to transcend that stuff because we're all in this together. And I don't think anybody's supposed to hang out in a bad relationship, but this book will help you see every single symptom of what's healthy and what to watch out for. Mm-hmm. And how like to change that, it. Like that. And yeah. how to change it. How to change yourself. So that and, and how to be brave because you know a lot of people they're afraid to to call what they see going on. And, yeah. and you know, they're afraid. And yet unless we can honestly state what we're feeling, what we're seeing, then no communication is possible. Mm-hmm. And and that's where most relationships just bog down because people get frustrated at the other person's ego stuff and they can't communicate and so they think, what's the point? And, you know, all right. that stuff. I mean, it's normal. You know, nobody's learned. Well, that's why I think, yeah. like as you're saying, that, that to understand that we have values and even based on our, you know, placements in our chart, um, and that that's okay, because so many people were ta- not taught that that's okay. You know, it's okay to have values. You know, and then how do you navigate it's okay those to in be relationships? <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah. okay to it's like okay to be different. And that, like. right? And also that are being different, because I feel like with that term "strange bedfellows," I feel like with this. Next level Pluto and Aquarius, Pluto, especially uh, Pluto and Aquarius, um, that 
and Saturn and Aries that we are going to realize that people that on the surface don't look like we have much in common, but through the value system we will. And so maybe people do need to have a book to relook at relationship, that it's not all, you know, oh, they like doing this and I like, so we're great. It's like, well, you, we can have differences of opinions, but the yep. bigger truth, right, and the goals align. And that's, well, that yeah, kind of takes that, the, uh, the the romance part. You know, it's it's not the romance of do everything together all the time, but it is more important, I think. Well, I definitely value romance because I think, yeah, I mean, right. I'm I'm still, you know, absolutely head over heels in love with a woman I've been married to for over 25 years that I've known for almost 46. And, and I just love her with all my heart. I couldn't possibly imagine yeah, well, any better... Robert, my moon is in Taurus, and my north node and my ascendant is Libra. So I love romance. And Neptune in the first house. You're going to do well. I see things as rose-colored glasses. (laughs) You should do really well this uh, coming period because, see, Jupiter just crossed into your seventh house. And even as we speak, Venus is about to go into your seventh house. So welcome to the magic of Venus. (laughs) Venus is Jupiter in your seventh house. And the thing is, is that I do believe it's possible to have happy and fulfilling friendships, uh, soul connections, and hopefully someday maybe find our twin flame. I don't mm-hmm. think we're going to know that there are twin flames who are both on the other side, okay? Because mm-hmm. when you're speaking of non-dual eternals, you know, <laughs> How right. can our brain possibly, you know, make sense of that? Process that or, yeah. But I do make an effort to describe what healthy friendships look like and where there might be snags. Mm-hmm. I try to point out the value of soulmates, and even if they break your heart, you know, honor the love that brought you there because that's right. why they touched your soul. I mean, you may not like it, but, but they opened you to a greater love. Mm. And, uh, you know, you can't, it may hurt, but there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. And the same thing, you know, with sometimes you have to say goodbye. It hurts, but it's really the only thing to do. Mm-hmm. Because we can't really, look, as, as another great master once said, there's nothing more foolish than getting attached to a piece of property. Because sooner or later, you're going to die. You're going to have to leave it. So right. as much as I can love my house, my home, I can't, mm-hmm. I, you know, I have to remember I'm just a temporary resident here. Mm-hmm. And I really don't want to check out because, as you know, I've already uh, had my near-death experience. I had a catastrophic accident. I stopped breathing. I left my body in 1984, and I got the chance to come back. So I know I draw every breath by grace. And I know I want to be able to live in a way that I have absolutely no regrets when I die, which means that because I understand this life is about love, learning to give love and be love, that's what the deal is. that's That's the sole focus here and that everything else has to give way to my accepting of being a greater love. Yeah, it's all about the love. I think we're all going to yep. be 
getting that more and more. Well, Robert, this has been fun and insightful and um, really great to connect with you again. And I'm just so happy for your recent book. I mean, God, you've got a good uh, trilogy there that can really help people, as a matter of fact. So. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I like Mercury Retrograde. You know, that's just... Yeah, that one and... Sat- well, Mercury, you've got Mercury Retro... You've got Mercury, Saturn, and Venus, and um, I think those are really good, you know, it, 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 any good addition to anyone's foundation the, for life. The Guide of Souls, the, the, the Wise Teacher, and the Beloved. What's not to yeah. like? Yeah. Right. Know? Exactly. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, till next time. Um, Until next time. Again, looking. Yeah, definitely. You take care. I'll get a hold of Sadie, and and I'll figure out another book. Yeah, please do. Yeah, and I want to bring you on when we're going to be doing video too. Oh, okay. We're extending, expanding to YouTube. Yeah, we're going to keep this. We're going to do both. We're going to keep the audio uh, podcast, but we're also extending to video on YouTube and also Rumble. And uh, there you go. Some other outlets too. Yeah, so we'll do it. We'll do it. Do it. Do it. Sounds good. Sounds like you're expanding. <laughs> it sounds like yes. you're moving into Play. a greater vision of a greater good, and you know. And now it's just a question of navigating it until everything busts loose in the spring of the 21st century. Yes. Yes. I love that confirmation and affirmation. Yes. Thank you for that. Yeah. You bet. All right. Talk to you later. Well, I love you and all your people, and I bet we do talk Love you, too. Bye. Big hug. Bye. Bye. Ooh, everyone, what a gift. Wow. So inspired. A lot of info. You guys may want to re-listen to all of this. Um, Thank you so much for co-creating this podcast with me. I've been keeping it without having, you know, advertising and that I'm going to keep it that way for as long as possible. In saying that, please, please remember to continue to shine your beautiful light, share your insights, and of course, what do you got to do? You got to keep awake. Keep awake, gang. Keep awake. Adios. Awakenings broadcast every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Archive shows available on iTunes. For continued awakened conversations and insights, join the Awakenings Group on Facebook. And check out Michelle's blog at soulplayground.com. And keep awake.